This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. He barely played college football at a college called Baker College in Baldwin City, Kansas. I have not heard of Baker College. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. I'm getting confused. What game are you calling? I'm calling both games. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. Steps back. A three ball for the tie from the top. It is good. Cassidy Beam knocks down the tray. And we're tied at 27. Everything happening in the sports world. These diva wide receivers wanted to go to the bathroom. As a defensive lineman, we didn't go to the bathroom. You sat on the bench, did your business, and you got up. And even some things not happening in the sports world. I would take toothpicks and stick them in my eyes. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather do that than watch that show. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson. Feeling good after a couple of wins last night, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Was it just me, or did we have a lot of fun last night? Oh, we had great fun last night, and uh, uh, we weren't quite sure how things were going to play out. Well, we knew on the girls' game the Bullpups were going to win. That boys' game, we were you and I were very nervous before that game because we'd heard a lot of great things about Augusta. We saw them last year. We knew they had basically everybody back. Jaron Jackson had just been pouring points in left and right. Zach Davidson uh, getting a lot of looks, you know, uh, because he's 6'8 and with some pretty good skills. And the Bullpups hadn't played for, what, 10 days. So we really didn't know what to expect. And uh, the girls' game was just unbelievable to start. Uh, Cassidy Beam hit a three, like, 10 seconds into the game. How about more like five? Five (laughs) seconds into the game. Win the tip. Throw it in the corner. Three ball goes in. Yeah, and you kind of knew right then it it was over. The dagger came at 7.55. Well, it was 10-0 with 6.55 to go Yeah, 65 seconds it was 10-0. So uh, the Bullpups took care of business in that game. And then the boys game, I tell you, that was a very enjoyable game to watch. The fourth quarter that McPherson's boys played, I think, was their best quarter of the year. They just absolutely dissected Augusta. They probably shot 80% in that fourth quarter because it seemed like they ran their offense until they got a layup. And uh, it it was just a tremendous victory over a very good basketball team. And the Bullpup boys did what they had to do, though, last night, and that was to hold serve at home because when you look at the schedule, McPherson has lost none. Bueller's lost one. I'm talking league play. Bueller's lost two. Bueller's lost two. I'm sorry. Yeah, Bueller's lost two. Augusta's lost one. There you go. But Bueller has played McPherson and Augusta on the road. Right. So they get him at home this time. So really, Augusta and the Bullpups did what they're supposed to do when they played Bueller, and that was whole serve. I still think Bueller is a very dangerous basketball team, and especially when it plays McPherson because it's a rivalry game. So the Bullpups, you know, it's interesting. We really don't talk a lot about league championships that much. When you look at a basketball season, it's what did you do in the sub-state, what did you do in the tournament, or the mid-season tournament, sub-state, and then state. And I don't think league really played, because let's face it, the league is not like it was 20 years ago. 
I mean, we had long-standing relationships with Newton, Hutchinson, Derby, Derby, Arc City. You know, can't even campus. You know, we had. You know, everybody. When's the last time that McPherson has played campus in anything? I. It's been a long time. I mean, other than the, we're talking major sports because I mean right. they, they see them at tennis tournaments and things like that, but they don't even play them in soccer. So, uh, you know, campus used to be on schedule for everything, and their boys are really good. They beat Derby last night. And they're the number one team in 6A. But I digress. Um, the league just – it isn't the same beating – for one thing, we don't have eight other teams in the league anymore. We only have five teams. So winning the league is a little easier than it used to be because you only have to really beat five teams. And then you look at those teams, it's kind of floated with, you know, Circle, Rose Hill, they kind of interchanged there for a while. You know, Mulvane was in Division Three for a while. They dropped out. Uh, El Dorado's pretty. El Dorado and Winfield pretty much been there all the time, but you know, Circle is is, and you know, it's just Bueller it's, and Augusta too. Yeah, Bueller and Augusta. So it's just winning the league isn't a high priority. I mean, you want to win the league, of course, but it's not the high priority that maybe it was twenty years ago. The other thing, though, I think that adds to this is that I think that the emphasis on league play for both of these teams is a lot higher now than it was two years ago because of all of the ramifications for sub-state. Right. In terms of now, you are taking your whole body of work against the other 17 teams in 5A West, where before, you were taking your whole body of work against Bueller, Ulysses, and Hayes. And right. so your margin for error was a lot bigger, yeah. especially since at least one of those teams in each sub-state was not going to have a very good record. One of them was going to be near the bottom pretty much every year is the way it played out. And then the other two typically hung around 12, 14, 15 wins. So you could lose, you could afford to lose a game in league play, but now, especially in the McPherson girls race and the boys race too, yeah. the girls are 8-0. They're leading 5 They're leading 5A West, but... Not by much. Yeah. There are a lot of one-loss teams that are hanging around. Right. Andover Central is one of them. So you can't afford to lose a league game. You can't let yourself get back into the mix. And for the boys, these league games are a chance for them to catch up to those other 5A West schools. And you look at the 5A West, the Bullpups right now are barely in line to host a home game. Right. They're like in the 7 or 8 spot. And the thing that I think this McPherson boys program has to bank on is the fact that they can win nine, ten games in league play right. and be able to jump some of those teams, the Andover Centrals, the Goddard Eisenhowers, that have to play each other because they go through the gauntlet of AVCTL Division Two. You take all those schools and they pretty much play each other. McPherson does not play very many more 5A West teams. Now, a chance to play Bishop Carroll, which we can talk about here in a minute, but they don't play a lot of these teams that are in front of them or below them, and all those other teams do play each other. And so this is their chance while playing a lot of the 4A West schools to make up that ground. And you look at the non-league games left for McPherson, the three in the tournament, which are going to be very, very difficult. And then I think, is Andale the only non-league game other? Oh, Wichita Collegiate. There you go. And Collegiate's been like number one in 3A. I know they're 3A, but they're st they've still been number one. Andale, drill this. Well, don't forget that Wichita Collegiate also features Grady one Dick. of the best players in the state, right. Grady Dick. And, of course, the Bullpups still have to play Andale, which drill this Augusta team. Uh, that's the only other loss for Augusta was to Andale. We know with Easton Hunter coming in, and they've got a really good team. I think, what are they ranked? They're probably... They're in the top 
three in four A. Right. So um, that's why the the league is important now for the Bulls. They need to pick up ten wins. Well, they might the not league. be in the top three because you've got Piper. Bishop Miege and Parsons, and those three have been really, really good. Not but the it, mighty Indy Bulldogs? No, the, the your your Bulldogs. Sorry, so, sometimes it's my not friend as good didn't for post you. on. Maybe they didn't play last night, but but the mighty Indy Bulldogs were supposed to be decent this year, but I think they're like they were three and four at last look. Steve, the other big news this morning: we found out the seedings for the fifty sixth annual McPherson Invitational Tournament, and there was a small chance last night. That McPherson, we were thinking pretty much all week that they were going to be either the four or the five. Right. And we were thinking there was a chance they could be the five. They ended up being the four, but that opportunity to jump to the three was because Lawrence Free State had to forfeit a game that was previously marked as a win because they had played an ineligible player. And it was sort of a weird rule. It wasn't anything deliberate, it sounds like. It seems like it was just kind of a... Uh, oops moment that they've got different rules with transferring and sitting out the exact 18 weeks and it sounds like this player sat out about 17 weeks and six days yeah and, and just missed the the cutoff to get in so it was a weird scenario they had a forfeit a game from up at piper at the 810 varsity showcase so the game that they played earlier in the day that took a long time and derailed everybody right it ended up not counting yeah so Thanks, Free State, for us getting back at 2 a.m. And the thing is, it doesn't matter if McPherson's 4 or 5. Right. That That's incidental because the 4 plays the 5 and you're in with the 1. So right. it really doesn't matter. So Blue Valley is the Bullpups' opponent. They're 5 and 3. I don't know anything about them. I'm sure you've done exhaustive research already. Well, the thing that I was talking with somebody about last night, they asked me, well, what's this Blue Valley program like? Well, traditionally... The Blue Valley boys program has not been as good as their girls program. Girls program has had some really good yeah. teams. The other thing you have to remember, Blue Valley is in the EKL. And let's just take the Blue Valley boys in the EKL. No matter what they do, no matter what roster they put out there, there are three or four teams that almost automatically are going to be better than them. Right. They're friends from the northwest side of Blue Valley, Blue Valley Northwest. They have won five state championships in the last decade. How about Bishop Miege? Right. They're pretty tough to overcome. St. Thomas Aquinas. How about St. Thomas Aquinas? How about Mill Valley, who St. has James. won a state championship? St. James in that league? How about St. James? Blue Valley North has been a perennial power. So just that, the fact that they have to overcome those four or five teams, they could be a really, really good basketball team and go below 500 in the EKL. And what's really unfair is that the tournament basically depends on what the McPherson boys do in the first round. And the boys have been phenomenal in the first round. I think they've only lost twice in the first round in like the last, what, 25 years, something like that. But we just keep our fingers crossed because if the boys just somehow get upset, remember the year Wichita North came in here and upset the Bullpups in the first round. I don't know, it's like five or six years ago maybe. It would have been 2012 or 13 because Connor Frankamp was there. Unbelievable! It's unbelievable the interest in the tournament if the Bullpups don't win in the first round. I mean, it was a ghost town for the championship game that year. So it, it puts unfair pressure on the McPherson boys, but they have been so good in delivering. And I'll tell you what, though, this team this year, they're 5-3. and three. They may not have the individual, you know, all-state-type talent that they've had in the past, but I, this team is really growing on me. I, I find them 
wildly entertaining to watch. You got the big man Cody Stufflebean. He's you know he's whisking bodies away. You got the long Cooper Courtney. You got the sweet shooting Hayshmid. You got Jaden Alexander, who I'll tell you what he played on one leg last night for about the last two and a half quarters. Just a gutty performance. I named him the player, the our player of the game. He had 13 points, like six assists, four steals, four rebounds, and and of course Seth Madron, outrageously athletic. Eli Pyle, he's become a three-point weapon. Sammy Pyle, you love how hard he plays. He just gives it his all. And I'm sure I left somebody out. I think you you Did knocked get, off the but name it's a, seven. it's basically a seven-man team, and Coach Kinneman knows that. This reminds me of 2003 when the Bullpups won state. And he basically played six players the entire game. Fought the five starters, and then Jamie Crist came off the bench. Jamie Crist was really good because he was an All-State player the next year. But but this team has really grown on me. They play together. There's no internal strife. They you know they 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 look for each other on the court. What was it last night? Five turnovers. Not many. I think they had five turnovers. They shot 63 percent from the field. I mean, they played an unbelievable game, and they're just getting better every game. So we mentioned that the Bullpups will be playing Blue Valley in the opening round, and the team that would be waiting on them if they win is Bishop Carroll, who has been the best team in 5A this year. And, of course, we saw them in the sub-state final last year. Bishop Carroll won last night against Wichita Heights, and it was a score that was so surprising to me that I thought that, okay, that might be the second-quarter score. They won 38-29. to They're undefeated and played Wichita Heights. And I've never seen this before in a basketball game that Wichita Heights a few times refused to go out and guard Bishop Carroll. So there were 30, 40, 60-second stretches where nobody on the court moved. Now, is Joe Auer still at Heights? Is he still coaching Heights? I don't know. I don't either. But remember, Joe took his team out of the McPherson Invitational. He refuses to come back. He always felt like the officiating was slanted, apparently, reportedly, against his team. But Bishop Carroll is a very, very good basketball team. And the thing that's weird about them is that they've been scoring 65, 70, 75 points a game. And they were, I I don't want to use the word held because they just held the ball to 38 points last night. Yeah, it's really weird. I can guarantee you one thing. I don't think Coach Kinneman will come out and say, all right, let's – Let's just pack it in in the lane and not let them. Well, they got a play. kid named Mans, I believe yeah, it Tanner is. Tanner Mans, who is little, an all-state player. Little John, who is just an absolute stud. He's just tremendous. And then I can't really. I was thinking they had three outstanding all-state type players, but maybe one of them graduated. But boy, did they play well together last year. They were they were impressive. I really thought they had a chance to win it all. Last year. Well, they were up going into the fourth quarter against Baser Linwood in the state semifinals by 15 points and squandered that lead and then had a bad foul in the final seconds and allowed the Bobcats to win. But either way, McPherson, if they win, would play against Bishop Carroll or Wichita North. Wichita North hasn't won a game yet this year. But it is a really good-looking McPherson Invitational Tournament. And and you look at the bottom two teams, 0-8 Wichita North, 0-6 Topeka Seaman. I'll guarantee you, you put them in division three of the AVCTL, and they're at least third at the worst. All right, Steve, let's take our first break. When we come back, some more news continues to develop out of the MLB. Breaking news. Kind of like the MLB hot stove. Can you confirm? Oh, we can confirm. Okay. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. 
You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve, the news continues to roll in for Major League Baseball. You said it yesterday. I think maybe you had an inside source telling you that Alex Cora, manager oh, I, of the Boston I Red Sox, was not going to make it through. Yep. And all of the scandal of videotaping and be able being able to steal signs with cameras and all the technology. And what a mess this has become. Oh, it's- and, and the conversation that I've kind of seen recently, and, and you kind of hit on this yesterday, but we didn't talk about it was, okay, so we're taking this out on the guys up top, managers, general managers. How does this scandal, or how do you see it playing out in terms of the reputations of the players? So when we get to Hall of Fame time and we look at little Jose Altuve in 15 years and he's been out of the league long enough, does this tarnish his record? I don't think it's going to – I don't think one season's going to tarnish a 15 Well, how do you career. know this was one season? Well, or even two seasons. I mean, you still have to hit the ball. You st- I mean, it's not like he corked his bat. It sounds like you're starting to get in my argument of Barry Bonds, but we'll move on. But, yeah. Still but had to hit those 763 home runs. That's true, but Barry Bonds – I mean, no one's head – <laughs> explodes like Barry Bonds had almost exploded. It got some big. It was a balloon. Yeah, I mean, good grief. You want to take a pin and stick it in his head and watch all the air go out or something. But um, the players, you know, they could have just kind of said, what are we doing here? You know, when they said we got the signs and everything, some of the players, I mean, all the players could have said, do we really want to do this? Because it is cheating. So I still think Carlos Beltran, could end up getting fired by the Mets because, you know, he just got hired by the Mets. He was in on this. So the Red Sox fired Alex Cora. Beltran was hired by the Mets. And I always thought Carlos Beltran was the epitome of class. You know, he was he was, he was was a classy guy. But this thing stinks. It stinks from the head down. It stinks to high heaven. It just stinks. Agreed. Stinks. I don't want to talk about that anymore. Smells. I've got one other thing I want to talk with you about All right. because it was a big headline yesterday. Did you see that Luke Keekley, linebacker for the Carolina Panthers, designed it to I retire? I saw that. I saw that. And I don't know how – did he play the whole year this year? Was he or was he I think he was hurt a couple of times. But, but for the most part, he was there. But he's had like 97 concussions. And you can tell just by looking at him at times, too, that – I think it really affected him. He's 28 going on like 58. His body's just wrecked. I mean, he was one of those guys that just played, you know, it was just 100 120%, just flew around, threw his body around, no disregard for his body, and he burned out. He burned out in, what, five years. He had a great career, but you got to, you know, there's more to life than just playing football. Yes, it is very lucrative financially, but I'm sure – you know, do you want to have your brain when you're 38, or do you, you know, do you, or do you want it to be gone? So I think that's what he's looking at. 
I think that we're going to continue to see this trend, and I don't know if we'll see the trend of people just stopping playing football, which I, I don't think has quite happened yet. Maybe in some places, participation has gone down a little, but it certainly has not gone down here in McPherson. But going up to the top here in the NFL, I think we will start to see more players retire early in terms of a Luke Keekley in this situation, going through concussion after concussion after concussion. Rob Gronkowski, another one that stepped away after his prime, but still with good years in front of him. Yeah. Andrew Luck, remember that before the season? He retired right in the middle it, of his, his prime. His was more about his shoulder, though, than, than the well, I think it was just more his, his overall health. Yeah. And, and trying to be able to be a functioning person and member of society yeah. later on. And yeah, his wasn't as much the concussion thing, but I think we will see this trend a little bit more. And when you look around the NFL, not that it's really ever been this way, but there are not a lot of guys that are hanging around in the league that are 33, no. 34, no. 35. And Other than quarterbacks. And part of that is that the average lifespan, well, not lifespan, but career span. It's like three and a half years. Of an NFL player is not very long because there's just so much turnaround. And you look at running backs and they just put them through the gauntlet. See you later. They use them up. It is, I will be very interested to see maybe in a decade, two decades, what the average retirement age for people in this situation is, because I just think it's going to continue to go down and down and I down. Think, I think it could get under 30. I really do. I, I think there's so many advances made now. It's warning these guys, if you keep playing, you know, you're going to, your mind's going to be scrambled if you keep on playing. And nobody wants that. So I think you're going to see guys retiring. But then you got guys, you know, like Brady. He's going to be 43 next year. Phyllis, what's he, 38, 39, something like that. Phyllis, something like Phillip that. Phillip Rivers. I don't think about him anymore. He's gone. He's history. See he later, should be. Phyllis. I mean, he hasn't been cut yet, but he will be. Won't be long. All right, Steve, let's take one more break. When we come back, the Bulldogs. At home tonight, Ooh. taking on the Swedes. Big game. I know we've got some listeners up north. Oh, yeah. That are ready to come down to the sports center tonight. Donnie Ball game. I think that Big B. And Little B. I think he's ready to go. He sent me a text earlier today and said, I hope you've got your blue on tonight. <laughs> I said, oh, no, no, no. We got the red going. We'll there talk we about the Bulldogs right. and the Swedes next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You are listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Ramping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, you know what we get to do for the first time in more than a month tonight? Well, you and I uh, are going to do the streaming of the Mac College basketball game tonight. That's right. That was the that was the answer. Big night. We have not called a Mac College basketball game since. Do you know the day? I was going to say about the 11th. It was December 7th. Wow. We have not called the Mac College basketball well, game in one month and a week. They've only played once at home since then, and we were in Piper in Kansas City doing the Piper game. So this is our first look at the Bulldogs. They haven't lost, I don't think, since we last saw them. The Bulldog men 
Bulldog men. Yeah, that's right. But uh, what a game that's going to be, the 8 o'clock game tonight. The Mac men have moved up into a tie for third in the KCAC. They were picked 11th. Now, Bethany beat the Bulldogs to open the season, and it's unfathomable to me how Bethany is 4-8. When you look at the talent that team has, that they've only won four games, you got to say they've been the big disappointment in the conference this year because there's a Justin Jones has no business playing at the NAI level. He's, he's an NCAA talent. He's leading the KCAC in scoring. Isaiah Signs, he is a terrific point guard for Bethany. They've got a just a veritable plethora of big guys inside. Dalton Smyers, the former Bueller star, really good player. So the Bulldogs, you know, they're this could be a letdown game. As much as you say, it could be a letdown game because they're coming off a win over the number 10 team in the country, the KCAC leader, Ottawa. At Ottawa, you just hope they don't come out flat tonight against the Swedes. Yeah, the Bethany men are coming off of a couple of wins in conference yeah, they've play. Yeah, they've played well recently. But remember, they spiraled to start KCAC play. They beat the Bulldogs and then lost six or seven in a row. Right. And remember, they've been without a guy that they were expecting to have, Mookie Duncan, Mookie. who I think if we would have been voting for preseason player of the year, we would have probably picked Mookie Duncan. Yeah. And they have been without him all year. And so this Bulldog men's team... This is a huge, huge game for them. And the other thing to remember, too, Steve, is this is the first game in the second half right. of the KCAC schedule. Bulldogs were 8-4 and four in the first half. And also, you have to remember, the Bulldogs are in a stretch where they're playing six games in, like, 12 days. Because yeah, they, they played Ottawa on Monday. Yeah, that was a makeup game. They already had two games scheduled for this week. And next week is one of those weeks where they play three games. Uh, I think there's like two or three times during the year they have to play three games in one week. Yep. And they, they're they the team, one of the teams that has to play three games next week. So they're playing three games this week, three games next week. This is the gauntlet. And this is a really big one. You're at home taking on a team that beat you earlier in the year. And any time that you can change the result in a positive way from what you did the first half, it's a really big night and, and, I, and a chance to, and, to and win. And really, if you look at the teams talent-wise, Bethany probably has more talent. It just hasn't reflected in the record. But this Bulldog team... They're on a roll. They play so well together. And it all comes down, though, to me, for them, making the three-pointer. And they've been really knocking it down. Cameron Jenkins has been on a terrific roll coming off the bench. I think he's had three games over 20. He had 15 or 17 the other night. And when they make the three, they're tough to beat. But if they're not making the three, they really struggle. And remember too, the Bulldog women, they really need one to bounce wow. back as they were 5 and 4 at one point in the conference. They beat Bethel right before the break and they have lost their first 3 games and against Ottawa, a team that I think is a game that they will look back on and wish they could have oh, found man. a way to win. This is their chance. The problem is Bethany has been on a major role as well on the women's Bethany's side. Bethany's been the best team in the KCAC for about the last 6 weeks cuz Sterling's lost a couple, Bethany hasn't. And for the Bulldogs, Brittany Roberts is just having an All-American type season. It's time for some of the other players to step up and help her. Steve should be a fun one tonight. Oh, we'll have fun. He'll Six be... o'clock. Yeah. Sports Center. Be there, be square. You can watch it at MacBulldogs.com. Yeah. I bet Big B's there. I bet he'll be there. Bring your A game, Steve. I always bring my A game. Well, most of the time. I do. <laughs>
I wanted to see if you said, okay, maybe my B game. Okay. Okay. Last night was a C plus, but we're, we're right. getting there. I thought we were good last night. Though. I thought we, we were always great. Well, it was, it was a fun game to call. It's kind of hard to, we can't mess up a good game. Like we're that. the best. Uh, no. <laughs> Wrapping up today's show for Steve Sell. I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union. Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.